Welcome to the Fast Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. This series is dedicated to the challenges that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. Now, today's episode is a pretty special episode, and what we're focusing on is inspiring women to start businesses. And for those women that are already in the workplace, how do you retain your position in the organization and accelerate your growth? So I've got with me today co-founders of a brand new startup called HeroWorks, Natalie Jameson and Annie Mimbacco. Uh, who are going to tell us uh, exactly how to do just that. Um, so ladies, welcome to uh, the Fast Forward podcast today. Thank, Thank you. you. It's great to be here yeah. in this cozy cubby hole. Yeah, Love awesome. it. Do they know where we are? <laughs> no, that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Top secret podcast destination in the campus somewhere. Um, so thank you very much. And what I want to do is kick off with um, really just if you guys can give us a bit of your background and your careers and how you've ended up coming together to start this new startup. Sure. Natalie, let's start with you. Right. So um, I guess um, I've had a long career, of a tw- sort of 20 20- a 25-year career, but um, I guess um, to use one of the new phrases being kicked around, it's been a real portfolio career. Um, so I started off in banking and I worked my way all the way up through um, sort of an international acquisitions career. And uh, in 2008, I was um, pregnant and expecting my little baby girl. And it was the height of the credit crunch and, you know, it was really tough. Um, getting deals through and just the whole industry wasn't a very nice place. So I was looking for something else. And um, a best friend of mine who's a dentist um, and I's wife was also expecting. And uh, we got together, we threw around a few ideas and we came up with an idea of bringing dental surgeries to um, retail. So um, in 2008, we pitched the idea to Sainsbury's about having a dental pod inside of their uh, surge inside of their supermarket. So um, they said, yeah, that's a great idea. We've got um, in fact, we've just had um, it didn't happen just as quickly as that. But there was a few phone calls going back and forth. But um, they said, listen, we've got um, 32 dry cleaners that have just gone bust. Um, Would you like to? to back into those. So I was thinking, well, yeah, <laughs> be careful what you pitch for kind of thing. <laughs> so I was thinking, this is going to be an amazing opportunity, but there's no way we have the money to do this. Um, we have the dentist to do this or the capital, uh, you know, and it went on and on and on. So I was thinking, but this is too good of opportunity to, to, um, to let go past. So um, we scraped together some money between the, us, the four, the four people, the founders, and uh, we we managed to get enough to open one. So we went back and we convinced them and we pitched them. You know, nobody knows how anyone's going to feel about having your teeth done in a supermarket. So how? why don't we just open one? So we ended up opening one. And um, within 10 months, we were making money and we opened the next one, the next one. So we, we grew that to seven practices and sold that to Bupa Healthcare in uh, 2013. So I came back into banking. It's been a few years um you know, try to rebuild my career, et cetera, within that. But I think once you've 
been ha once you've had your own business really hard to go back into a, a kind of corporate career. So I ended up my, my final position in corporate um, was heading up the food and beverage division at uh, Siemens. Where we were helping that industry to digitalize. And really the kind of the closer I got to that, um, the technology that was sort of shaping our world and some amazing technology around AI and blockchain and automation and, you know, incredible stuff. But what was really, I guess, prevalent to me was that there just weren't many women there. I was just like, where are they? And I, I became really curious about it. And um, I decided I was going to do some research and, and I ended up writing a white paper. And uh, it was that that really made me think, right, okay, I have to do something about this. Everybody's talking about it. We're talking about this need to reskill, upskill, retool, all these words were coming out. But I didn't see much happening. The The average training budget spent was still was around one point, you know, like 1,200 quid. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, hang on a minute, we're going to have a massive skills gap here. We Everyone's talking about it, but nothing's happening. So while I was in the dental um, in the dental business, I had done a second degree, basically because I was a bit cheap and I wanted to um, save on architects. Um, fees. So I did a second degree. So I'd done, I'd done business and finance. And I went back and I did an interior architecture degree. And the two of those things together had given me this new skill set, this design thinking. So I had this entrepreneur skill, entrepreneurship. So I had this sort of, uh, I guess, um, knowledge of the technology mm -hmm. and I had this on um, sort of design thinking skills. So I was like, I have the skills that they're talking about in the research. So I'm going to go off and do it. And then I was, you know, preaching to everybody yeah. that I met and, uh, and <laughs> I happened to meet Annie. Yeah. So Annie, over to you. Tell us yeah. about you. Majority of my career working in financial services. Um, so I worked at the Bank of New York Mellon for a good chunk of 10 years, really, in investment operations and in client services. And whilst I was there, um, I got involved in a diversity and inclusion network. So I got a chance to lead teams locally in Manchester at um, a European level, and it got me involved at a global level as well. Um, so I, I haven't had any entrepreneur experience at all. I've been more of an intrapreneur. So I've had budgets given to me, given the team to do things on behalf of the company, but really as an internal person. Um, and recently this summer, um, after I won several awards within the space of 12 months and won the highest award that you could win in the company. Um, and it really got me thinking. I was really proud of what I did, but I'm the kind of person where I want to give to the rest of society. And I really just wanted to see what was outside of the four walls of the organization and even outside of financial services. So I got really excited about all the buzz that's around in Manchester, around tech at the moment. Um, and I decided to leave, leave my job and see what was out there. So I've spent the summer sampling meetup groups, uh, learning how to code and getting myself a younger mentor. Um, and that's where I also met Nat. So uh, because we have a common common link through a, a Tech Manchester mentee, actually, he put us together. Um, and then we got chatting to each other and I found out about the Hero Works and then she asked me to join in. And I just thought that was perfect because it links into something that I want to do. It's a brand new challenge um, getting into a business, but I also still get to carry on doing that work of diversity and inclusion as I did before. And I'm really, really excited to, you know, carry on this journey and get involved really and give my skills to people. Yeah. So that's how I got involved.
You both come across as incredibly passionate uh, people and we're going to talk about that uh, in a little bit and why that's important in terms of your purpose. Um, but let's get into the issue um, at hand. Um, I think it's, um, it's, it's well known that there's a, an issue of um, women dropping out of the workplace and an even bigger issue of a severe lack of women in, in the boardroom. And it's not the only diversity that matters. And we all know that there's, there's other issues with under, underrepresented groups. But this particular um, podcast is we're focusing um, on women. Let's outline the depth of the problem and actually, more importantly, what the opportunity is for the economy. I don't know where I start. It's a big problem. So um, women are leaving at an alarming rate. Firstly, so we've, we have a cu- we have a couple of issues. Firstly, in terms of you know our par- our our current participation levels within um, positions of influence, but with it even within um, just the economy and business as a whole, and that goes all the way through to women in entrepreneurship to women in education, to women in medicine, to, um, you know, women in the corporate world. We're just underrepresented at every level. And um, so I did some, did some research and there's some, um, there's a, I guess, some stats from the World Economic Forum. This is, you know, when it's, this isn't an education thing. So we're, we're starting on an equal footing. We're joining the workforce after doing our degrees or whatever. And um, it's kind of 56% men you know, to, um, I'm going to try and do the other, the other end of it now, but (laughs) coming from finance to 46%, um, women are just a total blank then. And, and that is great. But then something happens as we, as we progress through, I guess, the ranks, um, we slowly peter out till we, we, when we reach the C-suite and the, you know, the boardroom where we have the most influence to change culture and, innovate and drive direction, et cetera, create value, um, we get from 46 to 19%. And, and that is, I think, quite high. And that's an average. And, you know, there's a lot lower. There's a lot lower there. And that's costing, you know, the, I guess if you look at what the um, GDP um, prize would be, if we, if we could address that, it's worth $28 trillion of GDP. And that is just mind-boggling to me. Absolutely mind-boggling. And this is something I think that's going to get worse as well. So when we look at the rate of um, innovation and change around, um, you know, how AI and automation is going to affect the working world and our engagement and our digital, and when I say our women's engagement and women's um, digital literacy levels are, are quite low. And so what's happening is that we are slowly but surely, and actually, no, I want to say slowly but surely, it's, it's actually a rapidly, rapidly finding ourselves that we aren't going to be able to, um, to pitch and win the well-paid, meaningful jobs. So again, World Economic Forum says that um, the Oxford University did an imperial stu- um, empirical study that... Um, by 2026, 1.4 million jobs are going to go, and 57% of those are going to be women. And where are they going? Uh, well, they're going to be replaced and displaced by automated um, processes, so um, automation and, yeah. and AI. So that doesn't necessarily mean that we need to all beco- grow out and run out and become coders. Absolutely yeah. not. But it's about b- building in more um, kind of soft skills, creativity, the, the things that you know, featuring the things that the, ro- the robots can't actually do. Like and what, are, what are those skills that um, we should be looking for and thinking about? 
really soft skills. I think like communication and different forms of communication now. I think public speaking is something that's been talked about a lot. A lot of people fear it. I mean, I recently came off a public speaking course and the the course deliverer, he jokes, he says people are more scared of public speaking than they are of dying, which is, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You imagine that. Wow. <laughs> I think that's yeah. how I felt when I first started out. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it's, it's really, really hard to do. And um, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in the education system now, but it's something that when I was growing up, I certainly was never pushed to do it mm-hmm. unless you did a subject like drama. You were never pushed to do it. And then all of a sudden we got to university and we had to do presentations every once a week. But if you're not thrown into yeah. an environment where you have to do things like that, how... How will you learn? Um, so really, even, you know, going back to what you were saying about the, the drop off between the middle level and senior level, um, it, it's still going to happen. I can see it happening with millennials. I am a vintage millennial, but I'm still there. A vintage millennial? Yes. <laughs> 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 Turn my picked up, but I'm, I'm a vintage millennial, but I can still see it happening. And it's because yeah. we, we're not looking at, you know, have we got the digital skills, but then if we don't, have we also got those soft skills that we either didn't get taught or we we yeah. lost along the way? Um, we need to actually do something about it. And it's no good sitting back and um, just thinking, oh, you know, generations are changing, things are changing. Well, I've, I've listened in my work in diversity and inclusion, I've listened to a lot of people who started this 30 years ago when I was really, really small. And they're saying that not much has changed yeah. till now. So we actually need to do do something, um, really. But communication is one of the key things. I know it's really difficult and it comes in different forms, um, but people need to try. Absolutely. I think that communication piece is, is huge. And how do we create this? And it doesn't just mean that one-to-one you know, no. kind of communication as well. And I, I talk about something called career assets and developing career assets that do a lot of the heavy lifting for you on Mm. your behalf. And it's almost like you have to consider yourself a a bit of a business and you have to have your own marketing and PR plan that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. And the wonderful thing about um, social media is, and the scary thing at the same time, is that we have this great platform now that doesn't cost a bean that we can really position ourselves and and promote ourselves and that works for the career woman who is looking to position herself in front of the ceo in a different country to be blogging to mm-hmm. be you know saying you know and promoting the company but in a way which also positions her, um, herself Raises her profile yeah her absolutely um but i think there's some other things which are coming out of the research as well this this new the ability to Roll with the punches and be um, very, I guess, diverse in your skills base. Having a problem-solving methodology is very key. So I talk about design thinking, and it's a little bit esoteric. But what that basically means is that you have a systemized way of innovating. There's There's a process to being creative. It isn't just that you wake up with a eureka moment. You know, there's a research based way of creating something that is tested Mm -hmm. and that will work that's creative. So it's about learning those processes. It's about um, looking at um, pooling your talents. We talk about collective intelligence and reaching out to other people in different communities, learning from different people. It's just stepping away, just realizing that the lines have blurred now. Um, So, you know, it isn't enough to be 
um, a great lawyer anymore or a great accountant. You have to build these other things as well. Well, it's a great opportunity as well, I think, for people to learn and grow. And it's a great opportunity to get, let's stretch yourself informally. So no one's saying that you have to go back to university or a college to yeah. learn these things. There's so many, whether it's free um, resources online or even by going to different groups, you can pick up these skills. Mm, yeah. So it's actually, it, it can be fun and you don't have to do it alone and it's not so scary. So as much as you know, we're having to change the way that we do things, there's actually a great opportunity and we've got more resources now than we did say 10 years ago. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's definitely, you know, an, any number of, of resources out there you could, that you can tap into. Um, I think it's that awareness to know that, you, that it's gonna add value and enrich your life. And then, you know, knowing that that's out there to go, to go looking for it. Absolutely, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that, um, ability to, to increase your skill set through giving of your time as well. So Tech Manchester is a great example of that, I think. So um, I think one of, and it might even be a quote from Lawrence. So um, I think he says one of the best ways to learn is to teach yeah. as well. And it uh, really resonated with me. So we've covered the, uh, the problem and the opportunity for the economy. So what can we as individuals do about it? I think everything that you've said so far, hi Snowy. Everybody say hello to Snowy. Hi, Snowy. <laughs> He's the star of the podcast. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, um, you know, as individuals, you know, what can we, what can we do about it? You, you have a really nice phrase that you talk about um, uh, as part of yeah. your program, which we'll talk about in a minute, but oh, let's talk about that. Absolutely. So we talk about um, getting portfolio power. So where this comes from is I think the, the psychological contract between an employee and employer has, has really changed, actually. And this whole um, side gig economy has, has driven this, actually. And there's a, there's a great stat, and I can't remember where it comes from, but um, this is something like 40% of the UK has a side gig at the moment or a side business. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's side it's, hustles. Yeah, yeah, side yeah. hustles, like second incomes, whatever you want to call them. I think that's really smart in for um, for a number of reasons. The first reason I think is that it gives you the opportunity to learn and grow outside of your role. So that's the first thing you can do. And whether that side hustle is a passion project that you actually don't get paid for, but you're learning and you can go and you can you can volunteer for you know things like Tech Manchester mentors programs. I volunteer at the Manchester Art Gallery, um, you know, yeah. whatever. So whatever that additional thing is that you can do. So just get outside of yeah. your your role, I guess, is the first thing. Um, and then the other thing is realize that there are other ways of making, uh, supplementing your income, because this is a big thing for us. Because one of the one of the things that, um, that was alarming to me is that there's this huge, um, as well as gender pay gap, there's this pension gap as well and uh it's a big looming crisis and we don't really talk about it but um it's um trillions the gap the gap is trillions between women and and men's pensions but this is i think is a great way and some of that might be because we take career breaks or we go off and we you know look after kids etc but that you can do these additional professional roles as well that enhances your innovation enhances your ideas, enhances your network to bring back to your employer as well. Mm -hmm. So things like non-executive directorships, a great way of, you know, also, um, 
you know, doing something that you really care about, being involved in something that you really care about, whether that be a charitable trust or some sort of culture program or something like that. So there's just lots of different ways of, um, you know, supplementing, augmenting those skills. Yeah, I have to say that's quite really, really important also as a vintage millennial in choosing like when you're going to start a family. Because even at a basic level, I know people who've, delayed you know when they're going to have children on the basis that they need to get to a certain level of earning and then they'll be okay to go off on maternity leave and they don't want to drop out of the work cycle but if they knew they how to do you know a side hustle if it was as common back then as it is today Mm -hmm. I don't think they'd think about it twice they would just do it so yeah there's a, a big massive level of freedom that comes with that as well because who wants to be told when they should have their their children or not who wants to have that on their shoulders i mean we've already got enough with our biological clocks ticking <laughs> not ticking <laughs> it's true it's true actually and actually by that rationale maybe you would be more keen to have your children young because you you yeah. haven't you haven't yeah. got to a position yet just kind of take the hit if you like yeah. <laughs> take the hit early and then and then you know supplement your income etc and go back but My yeah it's great did. She, yeah. Uh, yeah, she had her kids, um, what are you, she's, hi, Willine, by the way, you're getting a mention on the podcast. <laughs> um, Willine was, uh, she got married when she was 18, 19, mm-hmm. engaged when she was 18, 19, apologies, I can't remember the exact dates, but it was like 20, 21, she's had three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those are now uh, 18 and over, Erin um, is 16, and she uh, went back to university, she mm-hmm. did a sociology degree when she was pregnant, mm-hmm. I'm sorry if this is all not exactly correct. Um, <laughs> but with Erin, I think, um, and then subsequently went back and did PGCE and is now a nursery teacher. So Amazing. she did all of, she got the kids out of the way, had the kids mm-hmm. and then cracked on to enter a career. Yeah, absolutely. Just, but just to be able to have that choice, I think is, yeah. is really, really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, so I think those are the sorts of things that you can do. And I think the advice that you're talking about is really it's 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 very you know it's common sense. Mm-hmm. Once you once somebody says it to you, you get get it into your head that you can do it. Um, but I think people that are listening to this, whether they're um, start thinking about starting a business or whether they're in a rut in their career or they're returning or they're on maternity, um, I think you know you're. Um, I think they'll probably have that you know where they're listening and they hear what you're saying, but mm-hmm. it, it'll be that yeah, but. And then there's going to be 10 reasons why they don't have time um, to do it. What would you say to um, people who are are feeling that way and where they know it, but they they just see this as as an insurmountable obstacle? Gosh, that's a great question. I think the main, the key thing really is to start with one thing at a time. I mean, Nat and I are pretty spectacular, I would say, in the sense that we we do just go go in for the kill. We, We try a lot of things, but... I mean, I I don't know about now, but I wasn't always like this. Mm. And it started with just trying one thing at a time and just try and do something that isn't in your normal routine. And it makes a huge difference. Once you try something, you usually get exposed to more people, you usually start thinking of new ideas, you usually get more confident, and then you can put more and more on your plate. Um, And there's always the saying, I know it's popular on social media, that, you know, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. So you really need to be looking at what are you doing with yours? What are you yeah. prioritizing with with that time? That's all I say to people. It's not, you know, we, we've all got the same time, but I just choose to to do different things with with my time. So if you're really, really serious about it, it, it's, it is possible 
to make these changes. But, you know, we're listing a lot of changes, but it doesn't mean that you yeah. have to go in and do one that resonates with you. Yeah. yeah, I would second all of that and add that um, get into a different crowd as well. So suddenly you can normalize this stuff. And um, so if you have a, you're hanging out with a load of um, people that are only really single to single career, if you like, and, you know, that's their everything and they only do that, then it's going to seem really like insurmountable. And how do you mm -hmm. do that? But if you're hanging out with mums who also are, uh, they're a liar, they're a lawyer, a, law, a lawyer, and they also, uh, they're, yeah. you know, they're, they're teaching English online to kids in Japan or what, whatever it is, yeah. it, it becomes normal. And then you can share those tips, but also those workarounds on how to make it, yeah. you know, manageable, I think. So, yeah. Well, it's yeah. really a case of, we, we use this phrase a lot, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is no getting away from, from that. That's yeah. how, you know, you, you get, get through it. But That's how you learn too. Yeah. And I think there's the things that you can do. You don't have to always go to events. I mean, there's great online groups. Yeah. Um, we had uh, Amanda Newman in a few weeks ago from the Career Mum. I don't know if um, you've come across that Facebook group. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm, I'm linked in with her. Yeah, so yeah. that's a really great place where people just ask open-ended questions for advice and things like that and get lots of signposting. I pick up a lot of great tips from, from there. So there's things that people can do without stepping outside their door mm -hmm. um so it's that sort of time or accessibility challenge can be sort of reduced yeah i'll just add one more thing actually and that is get clear on the life that you want to live and then once you have your goal focused it's funny you will you will start to align the things that you need to do to achieve those goals as well so just get clear on this sort of life that you want to live so we've just covered quite a lot of things that we as individuals can do but the onus isn't just on us um, let's talk about employers. Um, you know, we talk about a lot of corporate social responsibility, or in fact, you have another phrase for it, Natalie. Um, but actually, it's not just about being social. It's not just about social good. It's it's good for business, right? Mm. Um, to be looking at these things, like millennials, vintage or otherwise, are demanding and expecting more from employers. That, as you say, that employer contract is not just one way anymore. Where they pay you a salary and you do something. It's very much a two way, very much a two way thing. Um, so let's let's talk about employers and why they should be thinking about things like what is like what's in it for them. Well, I think the first thing to think about is what it costs them not to do it. So if we look at the as we went through an an example of so the churn rate, the average churn rate I think is anywhere between ten and fifteen, and in some industries it's a heck of a lot more than that. And if we look at um, the cost of um, so even just the 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 entry level employee, it's costing um, sort of you know what do we say was it thirty thirty percent thirty percent thirty to fifty percent or more of the salary. Mm -hmm. So you know if you're if you're employing um, sort of a couple hundred people, yeah. so this thirty can be, grand, yeah, cost you this, 10. Can, this yeah this can be a huge bill. So that's the first thing. So then we can look at how if we empowered and made it possible for our employees to explore more of their talents and to build more of their passion um, projects on the side or whatever, what does that then bring us back in terms of innovation? Mm -hmm. You know, what are we, what are we, I guess, learning from that as an organization? Mm -hmm. I think that's really important as well. And, you know, what's the loyalty that you get there? So I also think that the great thing about technology is that we can use this to be more productive, you know, 
we can cut a lot of the waste out, a lot of this presenteeism that we actually, if we're all honest, we're sat at our desks for however long. We are not productive 100% of that time. Mm. We know that, don't we? <laughs> so, no, I'm 100% productive. Well, my I was as well. Um, part Other from, people yeah. might not think. <laughs> but it's really hard to do that. So actually, if we just gave our, if we gave our team trust, I think it's a big word. Yeah. Gave our team trust. Yeah. And, and just said, you know, we need to see you in the office for these events. But here's what we're measuring you on. We're measuring on output, on, you know, um, on results and how you deliver them is down to mm. you. You're going to get a much longer relationship with that employee. Mm. Employee. Well, what we say is 40% of people in the UK have a side hustle of some yeah. sort already. Mm. Absolutely, so they do. I guess you've got uh, an issue around employment contracts, which are normally mm. standardly written that anything that you do when you're employed with an employer yeah. is basically owned by that employer. And that's, mm. there. obviously there's a gray area that's in that space. That's been overturned recently, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, if employers embrace that and said, do you know what, like, we want you to have side hustles, you know, you know, or not maybe side hustles, but, you know, whatever it is, so volunteering, like, I umpire, whatever, do you know, whatever yeah. it is mm-hmm. um, that people do um, that really, like, you know, floats their boat, mm-hmm. you know, that it's happening anyway, so just embrace it. Absolutely. And turn it into an, a, a corporate advantage, uh, you know, against the next employer that's maybe not going to be as flexible or as, as encouraging. And what if you, if you actually hatched something like this and it turned into something amazing that you could then invest in? Mm. And you've got another asset yeah. and a business partner who knows you and understands you and you have loyalty. Yeah. And that's that's the key as well. We really, I, I mean, I can see it from the younger generation, especially Gen Z and millennials. It's becoming a habit to hop from one company, company to another. And I think the key is because the companies haven't been trusting them to do the side hustles or trusting them to work flexibly. Um, because that's that's what they need, really. It, it's the trust to... It's purposeful employment. Yeah, it really is. But it, employers need to understand that mm. and really put it into action, I think, for it to make a huge difference. Because I don't think the fact that it's become a habit to hop from one com- company to another, it's not, it's not by accident. I mean, things are changing. It's just that the companies aren't changing yeah. with their times. And that's not necessarily good for the employee either when we look at the impact to your pension and... All of, you know, yeah. your overall earnings, even though you might ju- jump for a, an incremental increase. Mm-hmm. I think you pay over the long term. Yeah. Doing Which that. Well, you've got the gaps. Know? You've got the gaps in terms of the transitioning. Absolutely. And, and walking away from bonuses. Pension costs all, all around the place. Yeah. Absolutely. So you two have taken your own advice of um, purposeful passion projects, monetizing it uh, and turned it into a business. Do you want to tell us a bit about HeroWorks? Absolutely. Well, smiles I'll... on both faces. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this really is putting our money where our mouth is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Having totally. both of us left, I guess, and we're not recommending this at home, folks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was something that we both felt really, really passionate about. Um, but a lot of research has gone into it and really studying what the education system was. So what is the education churning out now? So for me, it was around looking at what further education was doing for um, executive leadership and also looking at particularly female um, women in leadership programs. And what I noticed that they featured a lot on the things that, you know, we might need, which is around the, you know, 
um, confidence and in, in self-promotion and all of that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But it really wasn't wasn't giving us the hard skills. So that that was for me was the main thing it was how could I um, create a an education program that was more um, actionable um, in terms of, you know, would produce a real income stream through it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do something was a hybrid of an entrepreneur's accelerator yeah. and kind of an MBA program. Mm -hmm. But the third element of that, and I think this is where I think we might differ a little bit, was uh, I was really concerned around um, how feasible it's going to be to hit the global, the UN global goals. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but those? yeah, so, you know, the 17 um, UN global goals for sustainable development were the United Nations coming together and they agreed that there were these serious problems in the world. And, you know, if you boil them down, there are 17 of them, but they're all around equality, poverty, and climate change. And those are the, and there's 17 of them there. And for instance, ours, we're probably most aligned to five, which is gender equality and eight, which is great work for all people. So what we wanted to do is help people to kind of uncover their own purpose and, you know, what they really were passionate about, um, what drives us, our central why, because I always think like if you've lost your way, it's because you've lost your why. So the first thing was starting with the individual and helping them to uncover that purpose and then really align that with one of the UN global goals. So, you know, what are we getting up in the morning to do? And I think that, you know, sort of direction gives us um, real kind of fire in our belly and, mm -hmm. and will, will motivate us to do great things in the world, not just for ourselves, but for our families and our communities, et cetera. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing was around, um, I guess this was what a lot of the, the women in business um, programs seem to feature on, which was unleashing that, um, that moonshot mindset. And what I mean there is uh, really getting rid of those self-limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. um, and getting out of our own way because, it, you know, it's, it's getting rid of the doubt and all the things that stop us really um, being great in the world. Um, then there's tech for good, um, again, aligning to those uh, UN global goals. But I think innovation happens every day. Innovation happens at the front line. It can be anybody. But if we don't know what's happening in the world, we can't get the ideas to kind of learn from. So the idea there is that we have um, we introduce the um, people on the program to some really inspirational tech entrepreneurs, and they start to learn some of the things that they're you know that they're doing to make the world a better place. And they can then bring those ideas back into the workplace, into their little side business or whatever that product is that they want or even cost saving that they want to um, reduce. Yeah. And really, that's one of the key things. And the, the main reason why I agreed to join you on this is because it, that's what's going to make the huge difference between um, the people who are going to go up, you know, in same companies to executive level is do you know what you're working with? Because at the moment, we've got a lot of people hiring developers, et cetera, et cetera. But they have no clue what the developers are doing. They have no clue what the technology mm -hmm. can do. Yeah. And the people who are going to survive long term are the people who know what's going on. So, yeah, yeah as you're saying, we don't need developers, but we need people to understand. Yeah, yeah they need what... technical understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to specify, uh, you know, specify tech, then you need to understand the conversation you have. If you want to 
influence strategy. If you want to influence a conversation that's happening at board level, you need to, you need to be able to talk your stuff and understand. So um, it's about understanding what, and also I think this is a big thing for us as well. Um, we're on a um, tech displacement um, working group. It's about when you're specifying tech, understanding the kind of un, you know, the, the consequences that, what do you, the, 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 I guess, what do you call them? Not the, un, uh, the del, not deliberate, but um, unintended, unintended, yeah, unintended, unintended consequences. consequences of your actions, of yeah. taking, of buying a certain supplier, of specifying a certain tech. So yeah. that was it. Um, and then the unlimited creativity, which is where we're giving you that entrepreneurial toolkit, the design thinking uh, methodology so that you can go along and, you know, create services, solutions, cost savings, second incomes, whatever. But this repeatable innovation process, mm-hmm. because it is a process. But yeah. once you have it, you can apply it to your life. You can apply it to your job. Mm-hmm. You can apply it to create, you know, other income streams and uh, and then the, really the the um the reach so it's based around an acronym probably should have said that to start with <laughs> <laughs> which is future um and we're now on r so which is about reach and uh, profile and this is around creating your career assets mm-hmm. so creating those assets that do the work Just for you career assets so a career are. asset that's a great um Great question. So a career asset is, it's a made up thing that I've just made up. And uh, what it actually means is those are the digital assets that you can put out in the world that tell people what you care about, what you're all about, you know, what problem that you solve. Mm -hmm. And they do the work for you. So a lot of the times we feel like I think um, we have to be networking all times of the day. And that's not necessarily possible or attractive to no. Many people, it certainly <laughs> isn't for me, and not possible it's with your family. Brand, isn't yeah, it? it's with exactly, your brand. absolutely. But we're giving them the opportunity to, firstly, um, create really professional versions of themselves online, but also to um, to publish and get published in um, relevant uh, media as well to be passionate and you know sort of progress their um, you know their you know, whatever it is that they're wanting to solve or whatever it is they're they're trying to, uh, you know, create a solution for. And then um, finally, it's around extending your reach. And this is about systems thinking. And this is creating lean systems, kind of becoming a systems ninja that you can actually do more in less time as well. Mm. So it's taking you through that whole sort of transformation program. I have to say in the full the full program or the full product, we do have other things that are added on. So we'll be supported by coaching all the way throughout. Yeah. We're going to give um, the participants non-executive director training as well. Because yeah. we want them to be actually exercising, you know, taking on these other additional roles. And that's one, one thing that people can do. Um, and it doesn't have to be necessarily related to whatever their day job or their skills are. They can do it for a charity or something fun or something they're already volunteer for. Why not? Why yeah. not be on the board and be? And you have some. Um, you have some badass. Um, yeah. So then we're talking about our hero, hero makers. makers. Yeah. So um, again, back to this collaboration, the new um, you know advantage, and um, nothing great was ever created on its own and so um, I'm very lucky to have a huge network of amazing entrepreneurs and I guess corporate leaders and people all who are very passionate about um, 
I guess, elevating women into positions of influence in this digital economy. So, um, yes, we've got 12 hero makers yes, um, without going into them all, just to give you a snippet of some of them. But we've got TEDx speakers, we've got MBAs, PhDs, we've got digital entrepreneurs, um, authors, um, software developers, just incredible poets. people poets, poets yes yeah. yeah but yeah we have poet and a phd mm -hmm. all in the same uh, who's also a um a an hr director mm -hmm. um and just people who are super passionate about getting behind this and making this happen and as you say the whole thing is is, is based tech-based as well um so we've created a, a sort of a goals-based um program that so you start off with a project that you want to um make a reality and we wrap coaching around that. But there's also a tech platform that, that, that supports that. So at the beginning of that, you sort of um, pledge what you want the transformation to be, what the outcome is to be. And then the coaching um, supports that on a sort of on a weekly basis. So they'll pledge three goals a week and the coach is there to make sure that those and support you to make sure that those things happen. And they support you with kind of at the point of need learning as well. So if you're trying to get through a particular um, you know, module in the course and you're struggling with it, you'll be sent by your coach an individual, you know, uh, whether it be a YouTube video or a snippet from a book or something that helps you get past that as well. So, yeah, it really is. We try to set it up to make it as fail safe as possible, because I think we've spent a lot on training. And then what's the investment? And I, you know, as being yeah. coming from corporate myself, I know that that's a big objection that you get. Well, yeah, we're going to spend all this money. Well, how? So what, is, the day yeah, what is it? What's in it for the employers? Like, yeah. what's, their, what's the ROI for employers that might consider a program like this? Absolutely. So the so the big thing is that if you're pledging and you're supporting or I guess um, sponsoring somebody on the program, mm. then that is your opportunity to either innovate a new product or a service. Yeah or to um, do something for one of your clients yeah. or to create some cost savings or you yeah. know, create some corporate, and I call it business um, social ability um, to do something that, you know, great about fixing a problem that you care about. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a work-based problem. So it's nurturing your yeah. own, uh, future leadership. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's actionable stuff. Wow, there's just been a whole bunch of information and, you know, suggestions and guides that you guys have given us today. So thank you so very much. But if I had to pin you down and, you know, for those people that just just to take that one step after listening to this podcast today, what would be that one thing um, that you would say, try this? Uh, Annie, I'm going to start with you. I would say change one thing, whether that's trying something new, changing the way you do one thing. As I said before, it's really, really difficult to try lots of different things. And you might be listening and thinking, oh, I can't do this. It's, it's too difficult for me. Um, but that was the key for me. As I said, I wasn't always like this. And the start of it was just changing the way I did one thing. And then it will snowball into something. Natalie? I would say get clear on what you want your life to look like. And everything else will fall into place. Amazing. Ladies, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We've really enjoyed um, listening to your stories and your advice. Um, we hope that has helped um, some of you out there that are listening and are hoping, wanting to take the next step but not knowing how. Um, leave your reviews on the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. Um, if you've 
uh, prompted any more questions that you'd like to hear um, further advice or guidance on, we'd love to continue to answer them for you. And uh, we hope that gives you a better night's sleep. Thank you.